0: And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode where I had the most amazing conversation with James Calhoun, filmmaker of the documentaries Food Matters, Hungry for Change and Transcendence, and founder of FMTV, which is often referred as the Netflix for health. James, alongside his partner, Laurentine, has dedicated his life to uncovering the truth behind nutrition and our food supply. Since helping his father reverse chronic disease and come off a cocktail of medications, James and Laurentine have transformed their Food Matters film into a global wellness hub and community. Food Matters gives people all over the world the essential tools to take charge of their health. It's the ultimate library of health and wellness videos, including inspiring documentaries, expert interviews, recipe videos, yoga flows, and more, All the tools to help you no matter where you are on your wellness journey. With a true passion for making the world not only a healthier place, but a better place for all, James is such an inspiration. And in this wonderful episode, you will learn how he developed this desire to educate and inspire people of the benefits of nutrition and health how the foods we can eat both positively and negatively impact our overall wellness physically and mentally, the importance of tapping into the language of communication of your body and how to listen to what your body is telling you, how to fuel yourself with the right foods to help you thrive, the importance of a solid morning ritual and simple morning habits you can stick to to set yourself up for a successful day. The benefits of cleansing your body and the importance of hydration and movement on our overall well being. The importance of positive self talk and simple tricks to help you reduce your limiting beliefs. The power of embracing gratitude and how a positive mindset can help shift your perception and outlook on life. And so much more. This episode is full of so much wisdom. So let's get right into it. Hello, James. Thank you so much for joining me today on our Dream Life podcast. I'm excited to be here. Mm, so excited to have you! I cannot wait to talk about all things health and food and get our listeners to really know you. But before we dive into your story, which I'm sure going to be super inspiring, I love to hear about your childhood a little bit. Did you have any dreams? What you wanted to do in your life growing up, or something you want to become?
1: Oh, childhood. I have a fragmented memory of my childhood, which makes me worried that it was wasn't memorable. But I, I do actually recall a few different things. I was always fascinated by surfing, yeah, and I love the ocean. And I think I, I I probably dreamt about becoming a professional surfer someday, yeah. as any young child surfer would be. I think one of the things I didn't resonate with was doing what my parents were doing. It's not that I didn't love my parents or respect them. I just saw that they were in accountancy and finance and I didn't love seeing the stress that came with that. Yeah. I didn't love the desk job, even though I spend time on a computer these days. I was very fascinated with being close to the ocean and I tried to spend as much time as I could yeah. getting close to the water.
0: But you are still surfing, yeah?
1: I'm still surfing. Yeah, I'm probably surfing more than I have. Well, I've got so much travel these days that it's hard, it's hard to surf as much as I probably did when I was a child, but I love it as much as when I was a child. yeah, And I'm probably most childlike in the water, which I love. I think to have something that you can do that makes you feel like a child again, I think is valuable because you forget everything else except being in the moment. So I love it.
0: Love it. I did actually a surf course Well, so of course, a lesson Uh (laughs) in Byron Bay many, many years ago, and the instructor was quite frustrated because he's like, "You have to paddle," and I'm like, "Yeah, but there's dolphins around. Like, why would you even want to move away from them when it's like so beautiful?" So, but I can completely, but I'm a bit scared of the water, so I think you kind of either love the water or have to grow up with it. So. As one of the masterminds behind the documentaries, Food Matters and Hungry for Change and founder of global wellness hub, Food Matters TV, alongside your partner, Laurentine, you dedicated your life to discovering the truth behind nutrition and our food supply, which is so inspiring and amazing. I love it. Today, people certainly associate your name with food, wellness, and health, but I know there was actually a large turning point in your life, which led to this becoming your main focus. Can you give our listeners, for those listeners who do not know you yet, a little bit of a background on how you ended up dedicating your life to this area?
1: Good question. There was an impetus that happened before my father's illness, which I think might lead well into this, is that I was in a previous career or a previous lifetime, I like to say, a ship's officer. I used to drive ships, container ships, passenger ferries,
0: private yachts,
1: you know, all these things all around the world. Amazing experience as a a youngster to experience these different cultures. But I remember being on Anchor Watch in Singapore Harbour one evening and it was a calm evening when you're in the doldrums up there. And the chief officer was leaving the bridge and he said, are you interested in listening to some of these tapes that he'd been listening to. And I said, sure, I'll give it a go. He was listening to a theology course. I wasn't that interested in it. I told him and he said, try this CD. And it was a CD with Tony Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> He's got this huge, boisterous American accent. And it took me a while to get through the accent. But what he was teaching was about human behavior and why people do what they do. And that instantly fascinated me because I'd spent zero time in my life up until that point understanding why I'd become who I am, the decisions I'd made, and what were these these beliefs and values driving the day-to-day aspects of our lives and our subconscious mind. And as I started to delve into that, I went to Borders Bookstore in Singapore. I bought this huge stack of books and just started reading everything I could on personal development, business, finance, how to start a movement, and nutrition. And it was the nutrition component of it that shocked me the most because – I realized that there was a huge gap in knowledge in my own personal life and concurrently happening with my father's life that really led to this place where we'd lost complete touch with how to nourish ourselves Mm -hmm. and if something was going wrong in our bodies, how to develop a sense of knowing and intuition around how to deal with that or correct a potential nutrient deficiency or an over-toxicity. And it was that gap in knowledge that really drove me to want to close it for myself but also then help facilitate my father he he had suffered from debilitating chronic fatigue syndrome you know depression anxiety he was in corporate finance and accountancy practice and basically suffering from what I call BOMAPS, which is burnout middle-aged professional syndrome <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's not actually a professional term it's just something I give you give to it yeah and it happens to a lot of people and he'd neglected his health he'd neglected his nutrition and he'd neglected stress handling tools and mechanisms for long enough that his body just gave up. And he ended up going to see his family physician, was put on multiple medications, mm-hmm. gained a lot of weight and didn't get any better. He got he got worse actually. Yeah. And it was at this time that Laurentine and I were studying nutrition. We enrolled in a course through the US called the Global College of Natural Medicine at the time and did this course. And we were just flush with new knowledge and information and ready to go home and heal him. And we tried, but he ignored us because we weren't doctors. And I can understand that, but it frustrated me because we had simple solutions to what he was told was a complex problem. So then we went and decided to go and interview experts from around the world that were doctors, that were nutritionists, that were naturopaths, that were researchers in this space, take that knowledge to him. And hopefully he'd listen. And thankfully he did. He changed his diet, and after five years on six different medications, within three months he was off all of his medications. He'd lost 50 pounds or about 25 kilograms and was practically back to normal. And he'd been told that he may not never recover by the by the mainstream medical profession. And that radical transformation really inspired us to go on to then launch the film Food Matters, which included those interviews, and then do other films and eventually start this brand which is now reaches close to 5 million people globally across email, social media and and it's fun and inspirational and it's it's a, it's a pleasure.
0: So inspiring and I love, love what you do so I love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about how we can get involved in your um, amazing documentaries that you have. You know I wanted to share a story because uh, a few years ago we were in Sweden and it was dark and cold it was just before Christmas and Paul, my partner, said, let's watch a Christmas movie. And he had in mind, you know, Christmas themed, you know, getting the holiday feel. And my kids wanted to watch that sugar movie. I think it was called that sugar feel more. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Paul was like, I can't believe, you know, it's Christmas and they want to watch a sugar movie. And, of course, we all loved that movie mm-hmm. and got inspired. And the, the, the day after... Um, my little Axel he was only a few years old he didn't want to eat fruit because he thought it was too much sugar yeah. it was just so funny but you know it's it's often come up in our family now that when we're watching a family movie everyone well at least me and the kids yeah. wants to watch a health documentary so That's we awesome. very love love your network so tell us a little bit more about that and how our listeners can get involved because I know that it's a subscription model so anyone who's listening and wanted to mm-hmm. learn more about this can get involved
1: sure so after being in film for a number of years, we saw that digital was taking over, you know, we'd signed some, many people have seen our films, Food Matters and Hungry for Change on Netflix. And there was a lot of filmmakers that came to me and said, how did you get distribution? How can I get my films on Netflix? And the reality is that Netflix takes one film and leaves 20, leaves 30. And so, there's a lot of films that were not getting signed. And so, we decided to create a platform that is essentially like a Netflix, but specifically for health and wellness content. And we launched that about four years ago. Now we have over 1,600 titles. You know, I think nearly 260 documentaries, and these are, have to go through like multiple levels of curation from our team. So we need two out of three people on the curation team need to sign off on it. And so they're they're amazing films that cover things from nutrition to mind body medicine to like purpose to fulfillment to just inspirational titles, but all around helping people be healthy and also live their dream life. I, I'm with you on that mission because I think the more healthy you can feel, the more robust you can feel, the better life you have. And And the channel is called FMTV. and stands for Food Matters TV. We also have yoga, meditation, recipe content, exercise content, and guided programs to help people put knowledge into action, like cleanse and gluten-free programs.
0: You know, it's funny, I, was, I had a bit of a cold yesterday, so I was a little bit tired to read and um, because I love reading, it's my kind of preference to yeah. get knowledge. But because I wasn't feeling so well, I was watching um, some of your content and it's my kind of favorite, like its I couldn't think of anything better to watch than that. So tell us a little bit about the last film that mm-hmm. you did, mm-hmm. uh, because I found that so inspiring because you had Djokovic, yeah, right. um, yeah. um, Dr. Levy, yeah. uh, Jim Quick. I love uh-huh. Jim, so many amazing people. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: So after Food Matters and then Hungry for Change and then launching this new TV channel, we sort of always had on the back burner that we would do another film, but we were just busy because, you know, being an entrepreneur, you have to be optimistic. Yeah. And when you're optimistic, you're, you're a little bit shut down the front of your brain because sometimes when you're over-optimistic, things end up being more difficult than you think they are. And that's, that's life and business and that's fun. And I love that side of who I am. So, the TV channel was all-encompassing, you know, to get apps. We're on Amazon Prime in the US, Amazon Fire TV, Roku. So, it was a big technological achievement for us to bring all that together. We sort of put in the back making another film. And eventually, I remember I'd just been on a five-day silent retreat. And Laurentine had done the same one a few years earlier. She said, you have to go do this. And I did it. and had a beautiful experience. And I came home and there was an email in my inbox by Yelena Djokovic. And I'm like, that name rings a bell. Who could that be? And I looked at the email and she said, hi, it's Yelena here. And I saw Novak was in on the email. We're big fans of FM TV. We love your films and your channel. And my husband is going to be playing at the Australian Open. We'd love for you to come down. I went down, watched a game and ended up staying the whole way through to the final in the box seat behind Boris Becker. It was the most incredible experience I had a bit of one on one time with him for about two or three hours, and we just spoke about life, nutrition, health, and it was really great to get to know him. And his story was so incredible that I said, How is this not in a film yet? Mm -hmm. We should do a film about this. You know, we want to do another film, and this is a great story. Would you be open to it? And he's like, Great, let's do it. So he was the first interview we shot for the new series, and it eventually became a series about a combination of telling stories about people that have overcome obstacles and sort of transcended limitations in their lives and then sort of deconstructing that from more of a scientific perspective on the back end like what was the nutrition component of that transformation or what was the mind-body component of that transformation what was the belief and value shift component of that transformation and turned into a five-part series and I'm extraordinarily proud of it and then I look at it, the people that we've got for the film and I'm like, wow, these are the people that I've always wanted to meet. You know, it's just an incredible journey to go and meet those people and to interview them from Marie Folio to Gabby Bernstein to Bruce Lipton. Oh my goodness, love Bruce. Yeah, I love Jim Bruce Quick, too. of course, and Novak. I mean, that was just incredible to get to know him and to help share his message with more yeah. people. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I couldn't recommend it highly enough. I, I think everyone in the world should see that. So, I, um, I hope everyone who's listening gets to see this. It's very inspiring. So tell us, can changing what you eat change your life? We already heard that from your father. I'd love to hear your thoughts on whether what we eat can impact our overall happiness in life as well as both mentally and emotionally as well as physically. So obviously that happened to your dad. Mm-hmm. So what else have you seen that has been the most inspiring in terms of really changing to just you know what we eat?
1: I, I'd probably answer that question by – taking it a little bit more anecdotally to personal experience. So there's different ways that you can feel, right? And I think people are aware of how they feel. They're in tune with their feelings. And I I don't know, sometimes Laurentine talks about this in terms of being able to tap into the language of your body and what it's trying to talk to you about. And I think your body's constantly screaming at you, but we tend to dampen it down over time. So building up that language and that communication with your body is a really powerful tool. And so, if I gave you half a loaf of bread to eat, a glass of milk and fish and chips, and then I monitored your thoughts, feelings, emotions, and energy levels for the next six or 10 hours, I can pretty much guess where they're going to be. It's going to be pretty low. You know, the fat and the gluten combination and the dairy, not very many people do great on dairy. So, all those things combined together, you're not going to feel great. You're not going to thrive. So, if I put you as the head of a company, Kiki K, for instance, (laughs) and I fed you that diet every day. How do you think that's going to reflect in your personal feeling and energy and then in the decisions you make on a day to day basis? Because we also know that most, we have brain like neurons in our gut. And that's why we have a gut feeling. And so if our gut is impaired, our brain is impaired. This is huge because your brain gives us the capability to harness language, to make decisions to really predict and be forward focused and future focused to also be in the meditation of the present moment and so if if our brain is impaired our overall capability to impact people to start a movement to make clear decisions about whether i buy this house or start this business or how i approach an argument with my significant other in the house is impaired by your brain function and your bodily function if i for instance put you on green juice and I hydrated you properly and I put like you know deep sea ocean salt from Kona Hawaii with lime juice in a glass in the morning and I gave that to you first thing and then I followed it up with like a celery lemon juice and then afterwards did some spinach and like some good quality greens and healthy fats and, and help support you in that manner. Your capability to make good decisions in any of those environments or or examples that I gave you earlier would be 10x that compared to the bread, milk and fish and chips. And so I think people can relate to this, but they don't often feel it because they've never felt that good before. And a quick way to do this is to do some sort of cleanse, some sort of clear out, some sort of take stock, say, I'm going to say no to that for a minute. And I'm going to say yes to this for a minute. It might be three days, five days, seven days. Some of the most profound moments of insight and feeling that I have is when I've been on liquid for three days. You think about the greatest stories of transformation of our time, biblically speaking, it's when the guy went across the desert and didn't eat for 40 days, or it's when the monk went into a cave and meditated and didn't eat. The insight they get because most of your energy is spent on digestion or running the big organs of the body, digestion, brain, etc. That's why you get tired after a big lunch. So, if you take the energetic stresses off the body and allow that energy to be used for healing, regeneration, insight, energy, you start to feel better. I challenge anybody to do a cleanse of something like this and then see how good you feel and the decisions that you make and the change that you can make in your life. It's a very powerful way to radically make profound change. And If you have goals or if you have things that you want to achieve, start with resetting your body and supercharging your body with good nutrition, Doing a cleanse, following it up with a great protocol thereafter. And I doubt that you will feel worse. You're only going to feel better. And your capability to follow through and enact and make that a possibility in your life is probably a lot more enhanced. And I think that we've underestimated the power of nutrition in our world and we need to change that.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's funny. I do a couple of cleanses a year. And what I get most of it is because I eat pretty well and, you know, I love, uh, you know, what you use. Talked about with the 10x diet is basically what I do. I'm not absolutely not perfect, but I love, you know, I get very excited about greens and green juices and, you know, the celery juice and all that kind of stuff. I know you're into that as well. But one thing that I really got out of doing a cleanse was to realize what my thoughts were because when I wrote my book, I used to always procrastinate a bit. Like I think most people who write a book do you know, have a really tidy office, (laughs) really (laughs) (laughs) tidy desk because we tend to procrastinate. And once I've done that, I then go to food and drink. So I was like, "Um, before I write, I probably need to have something to eat or something to drink. But because I was doing the cleanse, I realized I couldn't do it because I was on a juice cleanse. So I had juices all delivered. So Mm -hmm. it was all kind of a really structured way of doing it. And then I was like, oh, I can't really, I mean, I could do some herbal teas, but it yeah. didn't give me the kick that I was yeah. after. And then I realized that I was procrastinating and I was not really dealing with the, my thoughts or the stuff that I had to do. And it was a really good learning on, on all of a sudden I was on the phone much more. So I took the instead of eating, I was like, "Oh, what can I do now?" Okay, I'll check Instagram or something like that. So it was a really interesting way of kind of really learning how your thoughts were, Mm -hmm. and uh, so I think I am so with you with doing a cleanse. Just gets you gets you really to know yourself in many ways, and then it benefits, of course, what you just spoke about.
1: And I've heard people say that, you know, this is a random comment I got a few years back and it stuck with me. One gentleman told me, he's successful in a business entrepreneur online space. He said, I became a successful entrepreneur the day I gave up gluten. I was like, interesting. And I I thought into that for him. And he was one of a group of people that don't react well to gluten. It's not everybody, but many people don't do well on gluten or too much of it. And it can impact your thoughts, it can impact your brain, it can impact how you think. And that's our most important tool. So, you know, cleansing the body, but also ensuring that you've got good fats, stable blood sugar. These are things that are critical to know as somebody chasing their dreams in life, you know, because if you're impaired as a runner, it's clear you're not going to win the race. If you're impaired as a weightlifter, it's clear you're not going to lift the weight. But if you're impaired and you're not aware of, of your impaired nature, then you might not have the capability to truly achieve what you want to do in your yeah. life. And I think it's important for people to tap into that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, for our listeners who who might not know where to start, this might be their first time doing a cleanse, what would you recommend? Like, how do you do your cleanse?
1: Well, I think cleansing starts with rituals. And I, I think that to try and incorporate A cleanse mindset into your daily life is probably most important long-term and then you can also do periods of intense cleansing but really I think to really embody a morning ritual to help you break your fast is critical so when we talk about breakfast it stands for breaking a fast because you've been fasting for the the night period so one of the greatest ways you do that through hydration and we develop acidosis in the evening and so the, what typically needs to happen in the morning is you need to start to liberate some of that and start to alkalize and cleanse the body. Water, water and salt, water, lemon juice, salt, water, lemon juice, fresh ginger juice and salt, water, lemon juice, fresh ginger juice, salt, turmeric powder, cayenne powder, these sorts of things, some sort of structured water to help you move things through. Remember David Wolf spoke to me in 2007 when we did the interview for Food Matters and he said, we have a crisis in this world. And it's a crisis of constipation. I'm like, really? And he said, yes, people aren't moving things through. We're accumulating more foods, more toxins, more problems, more energetic issues in our lives. And we're not allowing our body to cleanse. The primary way we cleanse is through sweat, through passing it through feces or urine, through the lymph system and through our breath. And so if if we don't know how to facilitate those, we're stuck, we're clogged up. So simple daily rituals, hydration. 500 milliliters a litre, followed by more hydration. I mean, if I'm talking what my ideal ritual is through the people that I've learned from and the functional medicine doctors I've learned from is first hydration and do that with the water and then do that with some sort of green juice. If you can have access to a juicer and you have access to good green produce, so profound, this simple morning ritual, don't change anything. Just do that. Do the water, have a juice, then whatever, coffee, coffee. Toast, God forbid, cereal, I don't care. But just doing those two things alone will have a profound impact. And I think that being able to stick to simple rituals is is great for people. Have lots of water, have a green juice or a green tea or a green smoothie, some other structured liquid hydration or liquid product, then go on to your day. Whether it's a soft boiled egg or sauteed spinach or whatever it might look like for you or, or acai bowl. But that critical first juncture in the morning, I also combine it with a little bit of breath work hot followed by cold therapy. So I love cold showers in the morning. It's something I didn't love, but I've learned to love it. Some sort of just moving your body. It doesn't have to be much. It could be a short walk. It could be a little bit of yoga, really simple practices that don't cost you much time or energy, but can have a big profound impact positively on your life long-term, I think is incredible. They're the big areas. That's where I'd start. And then if you look to do a cleanse protocol, it's really A little bit of a deeper story but they're the daily rituals that I I, I sort of live by
0: yeah beautiful thank you so based on that what are the most impressive foods that you've come across in your research and what are the benefits
1: impressive foods (laughs) I know that I have
0: I've been stalking you a little bit on Instagram so I know you're into the celery juice (laughs) yes
1: I am into the celery juice and look Anthony Williams medical medium fantastic at helping popularize the celery juice love that but you look at Jay Cordich, you look at David Wolfe, these guys have been screaming this from the rooftops for years. Being able to liquefy vegetables, particularly green vegetables, and extract liquid nutrition from them is so profound. Yes, it's a technological extraction. Yes, it is a form of processing. We're essentially processing a food. We're creating a processed food. But what we're doing is we're taking, hopefully using a cold-pressed juicer or some sort of masticating juicer, we're taking the liquid vitamins and minerals out of that product, we're separating out the fiber. Fiber has massive benefits, but we're just talking about the liquid component. And essentially, this is like a liquid vitamin. And Jason Vale calls it a 15-minute nutrient expressed to health. If you have impaired digestion or if you haven't been eating well, if you have a juice, it doesn't matter. It goes into your bloodstream. Within 15 minutes, those nutrients are circulating in your body. The currency our body uses to thrive is nutrients, vitamins, minerals and also being devoid of toxins. If there's too many toxins present and not enough nutrients, that leads to a systemic breakdown in the body, which can lead to chronic illness. You know, Dr. Max Gerson talked about this in his original founding work. And that theory of disease is embodied by functional medicine doctors and many around the world. So if you believe in that, which when you start to study it, it becomes hard to disagree with, you sort of get to this point where you're like, okay, well, I need to provide my body with the capability to detoxify which is what I talked about with the water, sweat, movement, et cetera, and also passing things through by being properly hydrated. But then also how do you get nutrients into the body? And so cold-pressed vegetable juice is probably one of the quickest ways to get nutrients in. It's a very efficient process. Of course, you can eat berries. I think blueberries are profound. You can eat low-sugar fruits. I think lemon juice and water, lime juice and water, is one of the most underrated health products around. And David Wolf also said, I don't want to quote him too many times in this interview, but he said- Of
0: course, we have had him quoted a few times here already. He
1: said, it'll be stone age technology that'll change the world. And I think it's so profound because I've spent a lot of time with indigenous cultures more recently in the last few years. And I love the blue zone work, which is like, look at the oldest lived people in the world. What are they doing now? That's living science. And what do they do? There's a lot of non-food components to how they live. And I actually think that the non-food components are probably more important than the food components- However, the food component is simple. It's back to basics. It's local, it's seasonal, it's organic, but it's very heavily focused on rich nutrition and very little fake foods. And so in a modern world, the quickest way to do that and one of the easiest way to do that, especially if you have impaired digestion, is through liquid hydration. So through water, juices and smoothies are really profound. Yeah, Yeah.
0: love that. So to many people looking at your life from the outside, it looks like you're living your dream life now. You are doing something you love, working in an area you love and helping people to live happier and healthier lives. And we were talking about this earlier that, you know, the people that we get to meet, you know, you have your own podcast and the people that I get to meet, people like you being super inspired. I feel like after talking to you and some of the others today, I'm just going to think that I can take on anything in the world. So thank you first for that. But... In terms of living your dream life, I know there's no life perfect, but do you believe you're living your dream life now?
1: I do. I I mean, I can compare my life to what it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and I can't believe what I get to do now. I mean, I pinch myself. And I am so grateful for that opportunity. But I put it down to something that, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, we, we, Laurentine and I, my wife, we sat down and we got real. We got inspired. We said so we want to write down a list of things that we wanted to achieve in our life. We got real about setting our goals. And yeah. people say, well, it's incredible the life you live. You know, you travel, you meet all these incredible people, you make films, you make a positive impact, you've got this great team and office and people all around the world. And I think that, yeah, I'm like, wow, that's incredible. And then I look, oh, but well, we actually wrote a goal to do that. And we, we helped plan that out and map that out, that process. And we had to look at what are the things that we wanted to do, what's the impact we wanted to have in the world. And then we also looked at, well, what beliefs and values would we need to have in our life to support that vision? And do we have them, yes or no? And if it's a no, well, what do we need to do in order to invoke that type of belief in ourselves? And I think language is one of the most powerful tools. What we say about ourselves to ourselves, what we say about ourselves to others You have to record that vigorously because people slip their tongue and talk themselves down every day of the week, especially in Australia. Oh, you know, if this project, you know, probably won't get off because if they look at my previous project or this and that, I'm like, well, hang on a second, you're immediately limiting your capability as a human. If you have a vision and a mission and something that you stand for and something that's important, nothing should stop you from achieving that. And if you tie it to other people's success, to a positive outcome, to something that benefits every level. I call it a win-a-thon. Christine, if I'm gonna write a book <laughs> about y- y- your dream life, mine it be called how to create a win thon because I think when you create a win-a-thon at every level, so that would, let's use an example, that would be if I convince people to eat organic blueberries, not non-organic blueberries because the pesticide residues on non-organic is quite high, then that benefits organic farmers, that benefits the biology of the soil, That benefits human's health, which benefits the biology of the human, which benefits their capability to think more clearly and be a better parent, right? So, that's creating a win at every level as much as possible. So, I try to think in terms of how do I create a -a win-a-thon in my life and in other people's lives. And I think if you're really concerned about adding more value to people's lives than anybody else is doing, then you will be supported. But if your language doesn't support it, then you're going to be in trouble. And I think people talk themselves down all the time. And I think that's something to be careful of. And I hope that people catch me out when I do it. And um, it's hard to catch other people out because everyone's going through things, but it's important to yeah, keep so, note of how you talk.
0: So tell me for our listeners, what can you share in terms of not talking ourselves down? What's your tips on doing that? One of the things that I see a lot of people is that limited belief and you know the confidence or or not believing in themselves. And obviously, if you believe that, your language will be like that. So how can we overcome that?
1: Yeah. For instance, you know, public speaking is something that I think most people are scared to death of, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I've learned from some public speakers some little tricks to do before you go out on stage or before you go on a TV set. And I found it really fascinating, the sort of mechanics behind it. And I think this is probably one way I'd speak to answer this question. And if you're generally going on a TV show or giving a keynote you're not invited as a mistake you're invited because you've got something valuable to share the question is can you get rid of any fears or limiting beliefs before you get out there so you can share more freely yeah. and one of the tricks that i got taught and I, there's a lot of people that use this similar type methodology is just before you go out doing a quick close eye meditation and it's something like I know that I have everything within me right now to be able to share the right words, the right thoughts, the right actions, to move my body in the right way, to walk in the right way, to say the right things, to say the right jokes, to deliver the right information, because this is something that I'm truly passionate about and believe in deeply. And I know that if this message touches the people that I'm about to reach, that it's going to impact their life in a positive way and make a wave of positive impact for the world that little incantation or that little affirmation, so to speak, can just help you to relax and know that everything's going to be okay. And I think that in that process, it might feel uncomfortable to start with, but then over time it becomes easier and then you tend to believe in yourself. I mean, I don't altogether believe in this idea of fake it till you make it, but there is a part of you that needs to sort of develop habits to help you believe in yourself more. And I think that this is a huge Thing to talk about. And I think most people don't talk about it, and it should be spoken about. And I think that people have an incredible opportunity to help turn the deck in their favor by using some of these tools, potentially. Incantations or affirmations, or you can do this, you've got this, you know. Or even if they look at themselves in the mirror in the morning, a lot of people go far out, look at you, you know, you're overweight, you've got this, you know, as Dr. Kristen Northrup says, look at you, you're a middle aged woman alone at home with cats, who's gonna love you, you know? And I think that all this self talk, all this negative self talk can really weigh us down. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a liability to our life and our health, and it's a liability to the people you can potentially touch with your unique gift. And in order to be able to help, sort of turn the tide on that. You need to develop new language skills, which is like, hey, you got this. Oh, look at you, looking great today. No one's going to say that to you, so you better say it to yourself, right? <laughs> yes. or, or just one of the most simplest forms, which might ruffle people's feathers less, is to be grateful. Yeah. Wow, how incredibly grateful that I'm sitting here right now about to present to these people. I'm so grateful for this opportunity I get to be on this podcast with you, Christina. How incredibly grateful am I that I get to interview Novak Djokovic or Marie Forleo. When you come from a place of gratitude, you're relaxed. You're at peace. You're approaching it with like a childlike wonder and you start to shift. Your mental sort of neurosis around something that could have bothered you turns into an opportunity. And Jason Vale talks about it as well. You know, think about your life as a get-to, not a have-to. I think that's such a simple hack as well. Like I'll walk into some difficult. You know, being an entrepreneur, you're approached with the great, the ups, and the downs. You know?
0: Absolutely, and it's a roller coaster. Yeah. You know, even if you are, have been in business for a long time, it's yeah. not like you arrive and it's perfect. It's just challenges yeah. every day and yeah. just different ones. And yeah. um Yeah. So absolutely. if it's if it's a
1: get to, not a have to, then you're like, well, you walk into a difficult meeting and you sort of just do this little, like, wow, well, I get the opportunity to do this.
0: Yeah.
1: And the option is well, if I hadn't stepped up to do this business, project, non-profit, whatever it might be, then my life could be easier but I wouldn't have the opportunity to impact people. Yeah. So, if you do decide to do anything in your life, write a book – start a new adventure, change careers completely, go work for an aid organization, then you're going to have tough times, guaranteed. But if you approach it with like, wow, I get the opportunity to do this, then you'll find new resources, new capabilities and new things that you're powerful, more powerful than you think you are.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's so much wisdom in what you just said. One of the things that I say almost every morning when I get down the stairs is lucky me. Because, <laughs> you know, some some days are, you know, not as exciting as today. I was, you know, having these amazing recording day where I get to meet people like you. But some days are, you know, more challenging, and you know, having a business very challenging, and especially in this era, there's so much going on and so much potential as well, which is also a challenge. But I always say, in me, and I have a friend of mine passed away a couple of years ago, and he was a retailer, and I have his photo on my vision board, and it reminds me that because he was also in retail, and you know, retail is challenging, especially now, when you know, there's so much disruption in retail, and it's an exciting time as well. But um, I always think that he would love to be part of the challenges that i have he would love to just be here mm-hmm. so it's a really good reminder for all of us that even to be waking up every morning yeah. is a, is a privilege and uh, you know it's it's also you, you know we all deal with so many difficult things you know mm-hmm. people are ill and people are losing people and you know it's a real life so mm. of course it's difficult lives but the other option is not to be here so yeah. it's there's always a positive and a negative and that's how i kind of try to but absolutely not perfect i subscribe I come- <laughs> to
1: your ideology lucky me that's fabulous <clears throat> yeah i really like that because life is a matter of perception yeah and there's two ways you impact your perception one is mentally yeah. through incantations affirmations lucky me yeah. you can do this or well, I get to do this, not I have to do this. There are mental hacks in order to be able to shift your perception in a moment and go from pain, fear, anxiety, suffering to wonder, amazement and a different mindset. But then there's the biological hack as well, which we spoke about earlier. How are you feeding yourself? How are you nourishing yourself? And that can give you a capability to think more clearly. So, I think those two work together. They dovetail. If you're eating well, most of the time. Nobody actually ever eats well all of the time. If they do, they're sort of lying or they live in some remote village untouched by anything. So, eat well most of the time, think good thoughts. I mean, really simple protocol to shift your perception. Then anything's possible. Oh, one other thing. I always also say when I'm faced with a a ridiculous schedule or an impossible amount of work to do or overcommitted, I always think, well, imagine Obama's schedule today you know, and then I think, okay, this is easy. So I think also the perception of comparing up or down can change your life. And, or if you think that you're lacking something in your life, you can compare down and say, well, I'm I'm so grateful I've got shelter. I'm so grateful I've got food. I'm so grateful I can put my kids in school. So really re-shifting your mind using those mechanisms to shift your perception can change the quality of your life yeah. instantly yeah. then you go about your day yeah yeah
0: absolutely I was talking to one of the guys in our office the other day because he said Do you have a busy day and I said well It's a full day, but I try not to, and I'm not perfect. Sometimes the the word busy comes into my language, but I try not to say it because it actually that word I don't like because it just becomes busy in your head. So I always say I have a very full life, and, you know, in the end of the day, I chose that full life.
1: (laughs) I can't believe you said that. I'm also a person that says I stopped using the word busy about – Two years ago, three years ago, because I used to always say it, yeah. and there was this, there's this theme as an entrepreneur that if you're not busy, then you must be just slacking off or not really making an impact. And I felt guilty when I wouldn't say that I was busy, so I always reply with "I'm busy." But I got taught as well that how you respond to simple everyday questions starts to impact your life. So if you go to a supermarket and say, people always in Australia just say, "How are you going? How are you going?" and you'll listen to the responses. It's fascinating. Some people will say, "Hanging in there." <laughs> And it's like whoa, and that's just say they say that automatically all the time. And do you think how your life is going to play out if you say you're <laughs> hanging in there every day? I mean, you're going to be hanging in there for the rest of your life, you know. And so I'll shock people, and I'll re- say, "How are you doing? I'm, I'm having one of the greatest days of my life." And they're just like, "Excuse me, what?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm above ground. I'm okay. I've got good health. My family." And they're like, "Okay, got it. Thanks." Next, yeah. you know. But I think it's really interesting how you do that. And so I stop saying busy. My word is productive. Yeah. So how are you going? I'm super productive. And when my team hear me say that, they know I'm really busy. And I think that that's really good to reframe language. I think it's good that we got here in this conversation because it's such a powerful tool to shift perception. Perception is quality of life. Yeah. So good for you. Yeah, I'm great. with you.
0: So you get to meet so many inspiring people. We talked about that. But of all of them, who would you say inspires you most? And how important has that been as part of your journey? Because for me, that's been kind of vital to surround yourself with the right people, not just like the people that we get to speak to on podcasts, but also in your everyday life. Like, and I have my book group and, you know, I have Elisa Camplin on there and, yeah, uh, yeah, just the people that we meet.
1: I'm inspired by random people. I'm inspired by inspirational people as well. But there's a few people that, that stick out for me. And two of them are CEOs of big corporations and then not necessarily in the health space. Yeah. And I hope they don't mind me mentioning their names in this podcast we really do it now. So, I, okay, of course, I've met lots of interesting people from Novak Djokovic to Brendan Burchard or Marie Folio and all these people. And I just love those guys and I think they're incredible at what they do and I am inspired by what, their work but I'm inspired a little bit as well by the people in the background yeah. a little bit that are making big changes and are less the face of their movement. But some are as well. So, a few few people, one is Damien Mu. Hi, Damien, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. He's the CEO of an insurance company, right? And you think insurance company, okay, how is this possible? But he called me one day and he's like, James, I want to help make Australia the healthiest nation in the world. Are you on board? And I'm like, who, what? This is great. And you're in corporate. This is amazing. Let's do something. So, I think I'm inspired by people with vision yeah. and he had a big vision and to me that just anything he said after that, I was like, of course, let's let's do it. So, I'm inspired by Damien and every time I see him or meet him, he is pushing Australia's health capability forward but doing it in the corporate halls of power which I think is very difficult because being an entrepreneur in a small company, I get to make decisions and do whatever I like, really, which is amazing. But in corporate, it's more difficult. There's also a gentleman in the US, Yurka Rasavi, and he founded one of America's fastest growing corporations of all time. He took it from, I think, 30 million to like three and a half billion in a matter of years, like four years, six years. Uh, It was an office products company. It was a listed company, Corporate Express here in Australia and in the US. And then he started a conscious business called Gaiam, doing yoga mats and yoga blocks globally. And he is on a mission to shift global consciousness. And again, a massive vision. You know, here's somebody who's just like, my vision is to, like, to shift global consciousness and to prove to the world that through group meditation practices and group thought practices, we can reduce crime, shift politics, change the direction of humanity. And they've done projects Where they've gone into like St. Louis, one of the highest crime rate cities in in America and partnered with like the police force and a university and done a group meditation process with remote people, not locally. And crime has dropped through the floor and they've measured it all. And so, he's like, what is the implications of this? If we've got governments in power that we don't want, if we have the direction of corporate law or things happening in this world that are, are displeasing, we can come together as a conscious global community and meditate that better. I mean, to me, that's a huge interesting power shift happening in the world and we're starting to prove it. And th- There's things like quantum physics and showing that thought's bend reality and create matter and so therefore he's someone looking to do that so there are two people that stand out and most people on this podcast probably never heard of them but i'm fascinated by them because they have this big grand vision for humanity and it's something that is positive and powerful and they're who inspire me right now
0: that sound very inspiring so i don't know if you know but one of my dreams is to inspire 101 million people around the world to, to write down three carefully considered dreams on paper and then go and chase them with that in mind, what three dreams would you write down if you knew anything was possible and you couldn't possibly fail to achieve any of them? And I know it's a difficult question because there could be a million dreams. And in my book I have 101 lines for your dreams. But what comes to mind if you could do anything in the world? What would you do?
1: Well, one of them would be around helping to facilitate a medicine-less society. This is something that Laurentine's really fascinated by. We have become a society that's addicted to medicine and these medicines have been extracted from the plant kingdom and I think we're starting to see a renaissance of plant medicine enter the world and we're seeing a liberation of things that have been locked up behind patents and secured by companies to make exclusive profits over illness start to sort of decentralize and move back to the people. And so, I think we're starting to see big advances in plant medicine of all forms, nutrition, CBD oil, THC, even potentially psychedelics being used to treat mental neurosis, depression, anxiety. And I think really starting to see that come to fruition is huge. How do I make that goal smart? (laughs) You know, measurable, I'm not sure, but that's something I want to help facilitate. (laughs) I want to help facilitate that process. And I think that 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 will be important to facilitate. I would also like to be with you on your mission. I want to inspire people to chase their dreams. And I really think that that's helped provide a life For me, that's been very rich and enjoyable. And I'd like to help facilitate entrepreneurs and wellness visionaries to do that. I think that without your health, you have zero goals. And with your health, you have a thousand goals. And so if people are not well, I'd like to help them get well. And then when they get well, I want to help them help other people get well. So one of my goals would be helping facilitate people helping them get well. Love it. And I think that I've acquired information and knowledge around helping shift people's beliefs. And if you can shift beliefs, you can change people's actions and you can change the outcome of the world. My last goal would be around reprogramming society. And this is a very lofty goal, but if you think about our society, we have become a programmed, domesticated species. We have become beholden to mass advertising and the news and 24-hour media cycle more than we probably wish to imagine and that has impacted our lives for the worse we are at a peak level of anxiety depression and suicide than ever before and i think it's to do with the micro disruptions from our phones but also the mass disruptions of mainstream media that have been feeding us death pain fire fear destruction terrorism for the last 10 12 15 years and we need to break free from that we need to realize that as humans, we are a programmable species. This has been built into our DNA. When we're growing up as youngsters in a tribal environment, we see our parents get burned by a fire or chased by a, an animal and we start to learn and in our limbic brain, our animal brain develop belief systems around these processes and behaviors and actions that cause us to behave in a way to avoid those dangers. But now we're being conditioned and we've handed over that conditioning to corporations that advertise and take that early childhood development period from third trimester to six years of age and program us to behave in a certain way to support commercial outcomes, buy more of this. If you're not beautiful enough, you're not going to be loved, so buy this product or do this and do that. And I believe that that has created a modern consumerist species that is no longer connected to true values of peace, love, harmony, connection, community, And that we need to re-establish that connection and we need to reclaim our sovereignty as human beings. And in order to do that, we need to go back to the problem where it began and that was we got programmed to behave in certain ways. So, we need to reprogram ourselves as a species and the way that we do that is through conscious education and conscious media. At least that's my impression of how we tackle that. When you start to show people, like for instance in this Transcendence documentary, that if you can... Learn to develop ways of tapping into your purpose and what you're here to do more, or writing down your goals, then you can start to find resources, opportunity, people that you may have never thought imaginable, and go and make that a possibility in your life. And in doing that, you start to live your true purpose. And when you start to live your true purpose, you start to help others. And when you help others, it's the golden rule. You know, be nice to others and then good energy comes back to you. And I think if we can tap into that more, which is what we had as tribal local people and we've become anonymous people living in huge megalithic cities where we don't need to be nice to everybody and that's a problem. We should be nice to people and I think we need to do that through reprogramming ourselves. And we do that through conscious media, which is challenging because unconscious media is a little bit of fun sometimes. Watching a movie about shooting people up and that people love that. Unfortunately, it's not good for us as a species and individuals. We need to focus more of our time, should I say, more of our time on conscious media, conscious entertainment, in order to help us make better decisions for ourselves, family, community, and the world at large. And that would be A goal, how do I measure that? I've got no idea, Christina. I'll get back to you, but that was a difficult question. (laughs) I'm going to
0: give you my book. So there's a bit of a process how to kind of make the dreams measurable. So, (laughs) but I'm sure you have it within you, but wow, what three incredible dreams. So thank you so much for sharing those. So we're going to finish up, but if you could give one piece of advice to the next generation to help them live their dream life, what would you say?
1: Own your morning.
0: Oh, this is interesting. It's coming up so much on this podcast. I love it. Cool. Yeah.
1: Own your morning. Own your thoughts in the morning. Reach for your journal. Reach for your meditation cushion. Reach for water, hydration, lemon juice, salt, apple cider vinegar, all those things. Start with simple morning rituals that don't need to necessarily cost you too much time, that you can keep for a lifetime. And that will, over time, contribute and transpire to great things that you may have never thought possible. One great person I met said that you can have a goal, but unless you chunk it down into simple daily activities, then it's not going to be achievable. And by starting your day with this process, you can help to put yourself in a frame of mind to approach the impossible. If you start overwhelmed, reacting, and not owning your own thoughts, then you can start to give your power away. And in that process, you become one of the Domesticated masses, as opposed to one of the wild, free people and one of the independent thinkers that could have the capability to help shift the direction of this planet. We need balance. We need opposing opposites. But I think the people that are listening to this podcast are probably more interested in in trying to solve problems and not be a part of creating more.
0: Yeah. What a great way of finishing! I'm just going to ask you a couple more questions. But if everyone could just do those things, I think you know, the world would be absolutely a better place. So I'm very passionate about mornings. You know, I love Robin Sharma's new book, 5am Club, Uh and I I love getting up early. But what is your morning ritual?
1: My morning ritual, in short, looks like this. And it it, it varies, but most often the first thing I do is hydration. As I spoke about earlier, hydration is one of the key, most important things you can do. Your brain is mostly water and fat, of course. Your body is 70% water. It's salty water, good quality salt, good quality water water, lemon juice, lime juice, and water, apple cider vinegar, cayenne pepper, fresh ginger juice, just grate some ginger onto a breadboard, grab it in your hand and just squeeze it into there, drink it down. Super simple, super profound in terms of health impact. Next thing I do is some form of one of the following, and it changes. It might be a walk or a run or it could be yoga or it could be breath work or it could be some resistance-based exercise that I do just on the floor. I'm not really a gym fan. I'm more of like give me a stretchy band or just a yoga mat and I'll do squats or a plank or or push-ups or breath work or or yoga or meditation. So one combination of that. Sometimes it's all of the above. Sometimes I'll do a quick yoga and then a quick run and then back and do some some resistance training and then do a quick meditation. That's that. Then the next thing I do – is move towards opening my journal or book and crafting my day in terms of what are the most important things I need to do today. Who do I need to reach out to? What are the key things that if I do them, I'm going to say I've had a successful day because I like to pre-frame success. So if I can say, if I do this, this and this, and there could be simple things on there and there could be more complex things, but if I can do them today, then at the end of the day, I'm going to go, good job, James, well done. And I think if you get that loop of success then you start to, you know, they say success breeds more success, right? So, if you get that loop of success, I find that that really helps me in terms of momentum. If I start writing down this massive list of everything I need to do to achieve those three goals I just spoke to you about, it's completely overwhelming and I'm going to constantly feel like I'm behind. But if I have three important things I need to do today and I do them, I sort of get to that afternoon. I'm like, well done. You know, I get to celebrate a little bit because I think if you don't celebrate the small wins, you're not going to celebrate the big wins. We instituted a new idea in our company where every Monday we do a top three meeting yeah. where we share the biggest win from our previous week, everybody, the biggest win from previous week, and two key goals for this week so that we bake in a culture of celebrating wins. I think as an entrepreneur, you make a big win and you're already next. You know, <laughs> yes. you hit this massive target and we're already going to the next thing. And I think that that's a trap because you don't celebrate. So I really wanted to bake in celebration as part of a culture in my own personal life and as also a part of the team. So that's something that relates back to my sort of to-do list is it achievable is it impactful is it important and then when I do it I'm going to be like good job you know go for a surf or go for a run or ride your bike home with a smile on your face etc and then then I get to it that's it I don't overcomplicate my morning ritual I love that
0: thank you for sharing there were so many good things that we can do, and I love the um, top three for the business so I might have to implement that so thank you very much I always ask what's your favorite book and why I love reading, and you would have. I have a, so I have it.
1: a, I have a lot of lists of books that I just love, absolutely love. If you had to tell me top three, or even top book, I would probably say man for *Man's Search for Meaning*, Viktor yeah. Frankl, because it relates back to a lot of what we spoke about today. Is that your life is the sum of your perception, and I have worked for billionaires. I've worked alongside people I aspire to incredibly. I've interviewed some incredible people and I spend part of my life now living near a village in Vanuatu and that's just the whole spectrum of the world. And there is people in the local village that I live in near Vanuatu that are happier than the wealthiest people I've ever met. And it just goes to show that your life is the sum of your perception. It's how you perceive your life is your life. And Viktor Frankl proved it so eloquently in that book amidst the worst situation possible. He found people that found meaning in that, that found purpose in it, and that found something in that. So if they can do that there, then I can do it in the very privileged life that I've been gifted. And if there's anybody with their health, with family and with a roof over their head that is unhappy or ungrateful or moping around in this world, I do not have a second for you, my friend. I'm sorry, because I know people that don't have proper shelter, that are going from meal to meal, that have a bigger smile than you. And I think that that is a matter of perception and that trumps everything. Yeah. If you can perceive your world and your life as one of the greatest gifts ever, and it is a miracle. I mean, if anyone listening to this podcast has seen a child born, then you know that life is a miracle. That is some alien, stuff that happens there that is a miracle that we procreate are born and then live a life cycle and then in our you know more advanced adult years get to make an impact and help people and then that is an incredible gift and if you miss that point then you're missing the whole point of life
0: yeah Love that book, but I love how you explain it even more okay. perfectly. So I hope everyone will grab a copy of that one. i love to know, do you have a favorite Kiki K product? Being a stationery lover, i love to know. If, if it's not a Kiki K, is it a station? You know, you talked about your journal.
1: Well, I have a thing for folders, yeah. for like folderizing everything, you know. And I really, I am quite obsessive. We have in the office a clear desk policy, yeah. where it's like the desks have to be clear. So Everything needs to have some sort of organizational structure to it. So I'd say it'd be a clear desk policy. Also, your annual calendar is really helpful. We have it in our kitchen and we basically put in there people's leave and holidays and key dates. And it's nice to see that visually because I find so many things digitally don't translate physical. Yeah. I've never been a digital note taker ever. I'm a prolific note taker and I write, 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 write. And I find that connects my brain and my body together. And a digital calendar is useful, but it still escapes me sometimes. I like the physical component of seeing something on a wall. Yeah. And we even have a big version of that on a blackboard wall, which is quite large of all well, the whole year. And it's our sort of calendar of things that we're doing. So I'm I'm quite visual like you, I think, yeah. a visual person. But one of the best things I love about your store is when I walk past, there's one in my local mall you know, on the Sunshine Coast. And I just walk in there and just walk around and just look around. And I'm like, wow, I wish my office looked like this, my home office. Or, it's you know. possible.
0: It is, I know, yeah. And, and I,
1: but I, I do love, I'm fastidious about cleanliness and tidiness and if something's not tidy I just it irks me and I think that you've helped bring organization to my life thank you
0: thank you and to many people's lives yeah thank you thank you so much I'm also very much a visual you know I love the electronic side of diaries that can change you know in a minute we don't have to erase it but I love also the physical side so you can see it and see it uh, visually so I think there's there's Mm. both which is great One last question for you. If you could go back to your younger self, say when you were in your late teens, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now?
1: Well, I'm going to share a piece of advice. Well, I'm probably going to share two pieces of advice that I I was given in my life. I actually think that we are having a spiritual experience. I think we're a lot more spiritual than we think or give credit to. And, And when I think about that, I think that we dance between these two ideologies as entrepreneurs and as people trying to make a difference in the world of of, of fatalism and determinism, right? Determinism is like, I'm going to go out there and get it. I'm going to set these goals and make it happen. And sort of the other component of that is, which is like push, create, visualize, manifest. And the other component is, and that's very masculine, right? Very head centric. The other component is relax, allow, be at peace with what's happening. Know that if something didn't happen, that that's also perfect and that something else will happen out of that. And I think that balancing those two energies is so key to maintaining mental clarity in life, but also maintaining a sense of peace amidst the chaos of life. Because it's easy to see life as just these ups and downs and everything's right or wrong, but it's not true. There's no right or wrong. There only is as there is. There only is just this, and you either love it or you you fight with it. So, how do you love everything? And I think that the lessons to be able to be capable of doing that come from Vedic sort of traditional Eastern philosophies around spirituality. And two messages I got from sort of a city Yoga lineage of, of teachings, one was a, a message passed down from this guru to this particular gentleman who, who lent it to me and I borrowed it off him. And another one was the same guru that passed it down to this other gentleman that told me, separate people, they didn't know it was the same person. The first lesson was, everything is absolutely always unfolding perfectly. The most profound statement of my entire life, and it's guided my life and given me so much peace in my life the worst thing and the best thing that happens to you is perfect. And when you see something not as right or wrong, so it's everyone's trained to say this happened for a reason or that happened for a reason. No, because you can make it a good or a bad reason. If everything is perfect, then your brain is trained to see the perfection in that. And when you start to see the perfection in it, then you start to it starts to become a gift for you whether it's good or bad. So that is so profound and even if it's not perfect in the moment, its perfection will become available to you in the future. So that is one statement I'd teach to my younger self, but I'm not sure I'd grapple it when I was younger, but I'd still teach it to my younger self. The other one is don't worry, don't hurry. And I think that's more on that feminine, relax, open, receive side of these energy spectrums. And that don't worry, don't hurry really means to me is to know that you're here to do your work and to have your impact and to 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 create what you're here to create And you don't need to do that in two months or four months. Know that it'll happen. It's okay. Be at peace with that. And that knowing gives you a sense of – it gives you a sense of knowing. I think if you're like so obsessed about rushing or reporting to the market or this and that, you can get obsessed with quick results and quick hits at the cost of your health, at the cost of your balance sheet or at the cost of this, you know. But if you don't worry and don't hurry – then you don't worry and don't hurry, you know. And I think it's I a, you know, it's a beautiful message. Those two messages are some of the most profound, sort of spiritual type messages I've learned. And I apply that in my life most of the time. And when I don't apply it, I hope that someone might remind me of that, and then then I will apply it.
0: Wow that's amazing I learned so much it was a perfect way of ending I got so much out of those just two <laughs> last ones if I can if I can implement those two I think my life will change so thank you so much for not just the last two but for everything that you shared with us I uh, I'm so inspired by what you're doing and uh, I normally write down in quiet when I interview people for the podcast my dreams because I always get inspired and I think it's really inspiring to hear other people's dreams because then you can steal them and do it your own and uh, dreams are for people to be inspired by so I wrote down three dreams for me today based on everything that you shared one is that I want to do a documentary I already have this but became even more clear now I want to share people who have been inspired and and from my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, and actually made a dream come true. I really want to showcase that uh, in a documentary. So I'm going to come to you and speak I'm about here, that. Ready to help. <laughs> and I want to inspire 101 million people. So, you know, sharing people's dreams it will be inspiring because some people think that they can't make it happen. But when they hear other people's obstacles and the journeys, then maybe more people will do it. So that's one dream. The other one is I want to do a podcast with your beautiful wife who I met Laurentine. And, right. and the third one, I've never been to Vanuatu. So I'm actually going to fly and do, if she accepts this invitation for me to do a podcast with her, I'm actually going to fly and do that because I've never been to Vanuatu. So I have three dreams out of this amazing conversation. Fantastic. So, And I have more than 101 dreams, obviously, because that's my practice. I do it almost every day. So thank you so much for first, this incredible chat, but also for what you do to the world. And I encourage everyone who hasn't been to Food Matters TV. Yeah, to I think there is a bit of a trial. You can try before you buy, mm. and um, it's so worth your time. And I really hope that by everyone uh, getting involved in what you're doing, the world will certainly be a better place. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Christina, and I hope to be asking more questions of you next time.
0: Well, anytime, anytime. <laughs> I'll come. Uh, I'll come to Manuatu. <laughs> we can have a little cup of tea.
1: Excellent. See you there.
0: Wow. What an incredible conversation that was. I could have spoken to James for hours. I just love his beliefs on the importance of perception and how we can shift our mindset and our thoughts to approach life with much more positivity and gratitude. I could not agree more. I also love how he and his partner, Laurentine, have created Food Matters TV as a tool to educate and inspire people all over the world to take charge of their health and their lives. We are so aligned on our mission to inspire people to live their lives of their dreams. James and Laurentine are creating change through their documentaries and Food Matters TV and I want to inspire people to live their dream life through my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, this podcast, and by sharing the message that your dream life really is possible. If you haven't got a copy of my book yet, it's full of simple and achievable steps to help you on your journey toward creating your own dream life, whatever that may be. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe for plenty more inspiring episodes. And please tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. I would also love your help to spread this inspiring message on the importance of realizing and chasing your dreams. So please share our podcast on social media with the hashtag 101milliondreamers. Until next time, don't forget to dream big and chase your dreams.